Our scripture text for tonight, uh, our primary text, is from Exodus chapter 5, which I'll read. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, so that they may celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should heed him? And let Israel go. I don't know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. And then they said, The God of the Hebrews has revealed himself to us. Let us go a three days journey into the wilderness to sacrifice to the Lord our God, or he will fall upon us with pestilence or sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their work? Get to your labors. And the Pharaoh continued, Now they are more numerous than the people of the land, and yet you want them to stop working? That same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people, as well as their supervisors. You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go and gather the straw for themselves. But you shall require of them the same quantity of bricks as they have made previously. Do not diminish it, for they are lazy. That is why they cry, let us go and offer sacrifice to God. Let heavier work be laid on them. Then they will labor at it and pay no attention to these deceptive words. The word of the Lord. For Ash Wednesday, we are journeying into the wilderness. Ash Wednesday is commonly uh, starting with Jesus in the wilderness, the temptation uh, of being hungry, of, of, hey, use your power. And uh, this year we're kind of flipping that upside down a bit. We're going to get to Jesus in the wilderness. But before we do that, we're going to walk with where God has moved in the wilderness. So that when we get to Jesus in temptation of the garden or wilderness temptations, that we have an appreciation for what it's like to be in the wilderness. And so this is such an unusual text for us because I don't know about you, but I'm not one who says, like, let's just go worship in the wilderness. Like, that's such an interesting request. Uh, in that verse one, they said, the Lord says, the God of Israel, let my people go so that they may celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. Uh, anybody want to go have a joy, joyful celebration in the middle of a barren land? Uh, in the middle of nothing. That's where we want to celebrate God. In the middle of nowhere. Not where there's the best uh, food, not where there's the best parties, not where there's the best things, not where there's uh, the most people, let me go out into the middle of nowhere and worship God. And when I was thinking about that, I, I couldn't help but think about the wilderness and the images of, of the dust. And, you know, Ash Wednesday is famous for, for thinking about your dust and to dust you shall return. And, but we don't typically like dust too much. Maybe you've spent your whole life being annoyed with your house of always collecting more and more dust. Uh, it just... It just gets everywhere. Uh, and, and to me, it's a little bit like glitter. You get glitter, and it's just kind of everywhere, and it's just always there, no matter how much you work at it. And the dust is just always there. And uh, uh, for any film fans out there, uh, the prequels for Star Wars are not ones that are super well-loved uh, for trying to tell all these stories. Um, but one of the stories that gets used to criticize the prequels is a, a picture of Anakin Skywalker Spoiler alerts for an old series who becomes Darth Vader. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker talking to his love interest saying, I hate sand. 
I hate it. <laughs> I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. And he kind of gets criticized because people don't like his acting, and, and they don't like the scene. But if you grew up on Tatooine, you would not like sand. It's just everywhere. Where's life? It struggles. They're trying to find water, and they're just trying to survive. What on earth is it like to be Israel, the people of God, and, and be like, we're in Egypt. It's a land with, with pyramids. It's a land with gold and all of the wealth and all of the kind of the best things of civilization. And say, hey, God is calling us to go celebrate God, go worship God in the middle of nowhere. Leave it all behind. And what a courageous thing to think about. Because you might hear that invitation, you might not have thought, I want to go out in the middle of the wilderness. We usually kind of get on to the people of Israel that they are going to later be very annoyed in the wilderness. We don't think about what it's like to hear that as your first invitation. I want to go worship God in the middle of nowhere. And the middle of nowhere reminds us how precious life is. Everything struggles to survive. Everything struggles to live. And we're reminded of our mortality, of how fragile everything is. And so something is actually beautiful about worshiping God in the middle of, of a difficult place. Because you appreciate the preciousness of life. And it's a reminder that all of life is precious. Like we are in a big cosmic wilderness. It's not easy to have life in the midst of the galaxy, in the midst of so much space. And yet this is a little, little spot in the midst of all of it where life is precious. And we sometimes take it for granted until we are forced into situations where our eyes are opened. But I think about uh, what it's like to see ourselves as dust and to see that not as a sad thing, but as a blessed thing, that somehow dust has life, has spirit, has joy, has hope, uh, and that the things that make us up uh, are a miracle, that, that God is moving in us. You know, to think about what makes us up, you know, dust and to dust you shall return. To think about the atoms, the molecules, the you know, the, the cells, the bones, the muscles, the organs, all the parts of our bodies, things that just are physical and they seem to come and they seem to go and, and they sure hurt when they seem to go. But somehow in the midst of that, God brings life where it doesn't seem like it was even possible. And so we, we recognize that the beauty of life and how fragile it is, and it also reminds us how painful it is when people disregard life. You know, that's what evil and, and wickedness is, is anything that is not love does not support life for one another. You know, think about how fragile life is, and, and some people are so quick to destroy it. And so we, we lament the fact that we've often been a part of things that have harmed others. The preciousness of life, and yet our words cut people down. Or sometimes we react with our fists, as a parent raising kids, you're trying to figure out how to don't push, don't kick, don't hit, you know. But that, that same urge doesn't suddenly go away. That we react, we want to be physical, we want to hurt one another. Uh, and sometimes that hurt, it's not just one thing of just hurting one person. We start making rules that cause harm to some people. Or maybe we start living out the rules in ways that brings harm to people. And sometimes... 
We use tanks or jets or rifles as what might be on our minds in the world today. And you think about places like Ukraine right now where the fragility of life is much more presently felt. We're some of the most beautiful looking cities and you realize how quickly things can be just dust. And all of, all of the preciousness of life is just held so fragilely. And whether we live up to the beauty of the life that God has offered to us, has handed to us, or do we tear it all down? Because life is precious. And it fades so easily. Thankfully, God, the God of the, the one who can make it out in the wilderness, who can be worshipped in places that it feels like life can't survive, is big enough. And so I want to keep reading for us about this preciousness of life. Moses goes on. Uh, you know, the Pharaoh says, Who is the Lord that I should heed him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and I won't let Israel go. And Moses and Aaron said, The God of the Hebrews has revealed himself to us. Let us go a three days journey into the wilderness to sacrifice to the Lord our God, or he will fall upon us with pestilence or the sword. There's an interesting thing if you just want to deep dive into this text about honesty, about truthfulness. Maybe you've heard people like not really negotiating an honest truth. Uh, there's a thing where they're actually saying exactly what God tells them earlier in the book. Hey, let us go on a three days journey into the wilderness to worship God. We all know that the scope of what is wanted is not actually just three days. It's about taking the people out of Egypt, liberating them, and bringing them into the promised land. But the promise is, just give us three days to go out into the wilderness. If you just give us three days, we'll go out, we'll celebrate God on three days' journey. And then if you imagine, they think then three days back, probably. So just give us a week. And uh, we'll go worship God, just give us a week off, okay? And uh, maybe you've wished that your employer might give you a week off. Maybe you've wished your kids or grandkids might give you a week off, or you just needed that break. And... Uh, they ask for these three days away. Now, the season of Lent has a time frame to it. Uh, it's actually kind of confusing a little bit at first. Uh, it's like 40 days, but you don't count Sundays. And, you know, but it's about a 40-day period of time. And we ask that we people be intentional, that you reflect, okay, realize the importance of God in your life, spend time in prayer, read scripture, go to God. Just like get yourself ready for Easter but we're not actually inviting you to just spend the 40 days and then just disregard it. We're inviting everyone into a life of worship, into a life where that, that is felt presently throughout your year, throughout your life. And so I, I find it fun that Moses and Aaron are like, hey, just give us the three days. Really, we want a head start. Enough of a start where maybe by the time you've figured out what's going on, you won't chase us down. And so, just give us three days, okay? Just three. And so, maybe actually just going into the wilderness feels like too much. So maybe it's okay if you just say, I just want to give three intentional days. I want to pray more for three days. I want to spend more time worship. I'm going to hit some worship songs on in my car or whatever it is. Just give me three days. And see if three days might become a week or might become 40 days. But if it takes a bite-sized time frame... It's worth it. Uh, just give yourself a few days to, to at least start that journey. 
And so that's the request. Hey, we need a week off, basically. It doesn't super go over well uh, to Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh responds by actually upping the amount of work. Uh, and so Pharaoh says, okay, what we need to do is there are slave labor. We're going to make them make the same output, but we're going to take their resources away. Now they've got to go get the resources and do the same amount of work. So how do I keep people from going and worshiping God in the wilderness? I keep them busy. Let's just work them to death. And that's super easy to fall trapped to, even if you don't have a taskmaster like Pharaoh pushing you down that road. Uh, I don't know like, about what your life situation feels like, but, but there's a lot of folks who I'm sure feel like there's always more on the to-do list. There's always more boxes to check off. Uh, and so there's always some more work to be done. And sometimes people make that work worse. Sometimes they make it a little better. But there's always an excuse of, I just don't have time. I just can't get away from this work. And so the temptation for us is to think, I'd love to, I'd love to spend more time with God. I'd love to spend more time in prayer. I'd love to, to serve other people. I'd love to help create a community that appreciates life, that values it, that makes sure people feel loved and cared for and, and, and feel God's presence. But when I look at my calendar... When can I schedule that for? Hmm. And so there is a temptation uh, to have a self-made pharaoh in our heads. It says, ah, I got more work to do. And what is it to reject <laughs> that self-critic who just can't quite make the time for God, make the time to appreciate life, to appreciate the beauty of, of the things around us, and to get so stuck on the work ahead that I, I don't see it anymore. And so this story is an invitation to say, hey, leave it all behind. Trust God. Even if you just can just get out the door and start walking. That God is out there in the wilderness. The places you think he was, there's nobody out there. There's no way God's going to do something out there. Why would I even take this journey? I'm leaving comforts. I'm leaving, I don't like my job, but at least I know my job. But I'm going to walk with God out into the wilderness. And so the beauty of Ash Wednesday is this invitation to be reminded of the physicalness of ourselves, that, yeah, we, we've been made from the dust, and to the dust we will return, but, but there's something more to life. There's a beauty to life. God has breathed God's spirit and life into every person. And it's that invitation to have eyes to see it, even in the places where you don't expect it. And so maybe we might be like the people of, of Israel. I don't know what things might feel like they're enslaving you. you know, what kinds of, of shame or guilt or what kinds of harm from others or the words of others, the judgments of others, or whatever is holding you down. Ash Wednesday is an invitation into a journey to walk out into the wilderness and see what God might do when you trust God enough to liberate you. Pharaoh says, who is God? Why should I listen to this God? I don't even know who that God is. Moses and Aaron don't know God that well yet either. They had to ask his name a chapter or two earlier. But what is it to, to say, hey God, I trust you enough. I'm going to walk out into the wilderness. And I'm not going to lament, I'm going to worship, I'm going to celebrate that there's life. And that's our invitation today.
So I'm going to ask you to, to join me in prayer as we reflect on the life and the opportunities that God is inviting us into. Lord, you know each of our stories, each of the ways that we've made our, our way to this night. Lord, I know that there are many folks who are facing uh, a lot of difficulties, a lot of struggles, whether that's health struggles, financial struggles, emotional struggles. And it can be hard to find your hope. It can be hard to find your life in the midst of the heaviness of those things. We ask that you might show us uh, your life, your hope, the springs, the fountain of, of, of your joy and, and your goodness. Lord, help us to have eyes to look for where you are guiding us, for the next step forward. Lord, help us to trust, to have courage, to have faith. Lord, I ask that you'd also help us to help empower those around us, that we would not seek to do them harm, but we would lift them up, that we'd see your spirit at work in them. And Lord, let us be encouragers on that journey and not discouragers. Lord, we thank you for your precious life. In your name that we pray, amen.